I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal. It's at Ryan Peacock NFL. What's going on, buddy? Um, I'm going to start with a moan. Well, already, look, you started the last one on a bit of a moan. What's this one about? Yeah, but this one, that was a moan because I was feeling under the weather. This okay. is a moan because have you ever have you ever done your shopping online, had it delivered? No. No, not done that. So obviously I'm like, you know, very busy at work, you know, finish finish today, quarter past five, late. So Dear hold on a second. Here's a man what? who go who I start working at about half seven, eight, and there's plenty of times where I actually get out at eight or nine at night. So you're telling me you finish at quarter past five in the dot every day? No, no, normally five o'clock, but today I was late out, quarter past five, didn't get out till. So started trying this whole shopping online thing, right? So right, come on. Ordered 30 cans of Coke, right? Because I have a me- like, cause you have them each day in your lunchbox, yeah, with your sarnies and all the rest of it. So I did that, and then they did the whole, we didn't have 30 cans of Coke, so we sent you 30 cans of Diet Coke. I'm trying to tell you something, man. Well, I'm, I'm not being funny, but it's hardly a like-for-like like replacement, is it? If they'd have sent me 30 cans of Pepsi, I'd have gone, yep, sound. Hold on, Pepsi and Coke aren't the same. Yeah, but... They're not diet. Do you know what? I drink Pepsi and I get shoulder pains. Is that weird? That's not a thing. It's a thing. That, it, that it, is so not a thing. No, I drink Pepsi and I get a pain up on the top of my chest. Not my heart. It's not like, you know, sugar is going to my heart. Like, like across my shoulders. Do, yeah, but, hang, on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, but you you quite, I mean, maybe not now you've got two kids, but you used to do the whole gym thing, right? Be right into that. Yeah. So maybe that's just the body going too much sugar. Too many calories. That's it. Trying to reject it. Yeah. Well, my body lives on that kind of thing. You know. <laughs> Does it really? Are you a you're a big takeaway guy as well? Um. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Take takeaway beer, fizzy drinks, sweets, chocolate. Yeah. Biscuits. I, I tell you what. I got hungry at work today. I went down to the tea room and I stole a whole packet of chocolate digestives. And then, like forty minutes later, I was like. <laughs> Who's had my digestives? Don't know what happened, but the whole packet was empty. Yeah, in Ryan's yeah. belly. Nobody can explain it. But I almost take, you know, on a packet of crisps or something that says family pack, I take that as kind of a challenge. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what family they're talking about because that's all on my tum tum. So, right, right. So I've got a question for you. You know, you used, obviously you get a chocolate bar, like normal one, probably mm-hmm. about 70p. I don't know, over your way, 80 cents or whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, you get that size one. And then you go up, don't you? You go up a grade to the next one. It's like a, a pound bar or a pound, pound, pound 50 bar, something like that. Mm. That's kind of become my normal bar of chocolate. The duo, the kind of like double sneakers? No, 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 no. Not a duo. You know when you fully upgrade to the bar of chocolate where you've, you you eat it sort of by squares, don't you? Oh, right, right, right. Sort of like a giant galaxy kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's kind of just become my normal bar of chocolate. Yeah, that's bad, man. Yeah. And your can of Coke has become a two-liter bottle. No, I haven't gone that far. No, or, I haven't got that far. Or bottle, as you would like to say. Bottle, mate. Bottle. 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 There's no there's no teas in bottle. And if you had three of them, it'd be three bottles. Or there'd be three bottles. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> in your face. Should we talk Packers? Yeah, go on. Uh, so we're facing the Vikings 
And this one of those things in that, like, it's kind of like when Mason Crosby takes the field, people are like, three points in it. One one extra point in it. Well, not last week. No, not really. Uh, shout out to Mace, who actually has been on the podcast. I know we like to take the the Mick. Let's say it wasn't his fault, though, was it? I tell you what, I tell you something interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to blame Table Pepper either because his dad followed me on Twitter this yeah, week. Same. You mention him and you get followed. He's like a phantom. He just follows you son about the place. So don't mug him off because his dad looks hard, and if he's listening, yeah. he's going to be over it. So unfortunately, um, uh, Justin, it's your fault. <laughs> what do you think it was? Well, I don't know, but I'm just saying Table's dad is now following us yeah. after mentioning him the other week and Maybe. Mason Crosby's been on the show and we know that he listens how you doing Mace so until Justin tweets us or something then it's going to have to be Vogel's fault last week but Vogel's old one's probably following us as well and you don't know maybe she's a divorcee you know who knows who knows let's respect all the special teams but yeah don't mug Tabor Pepper off because someone called me a hipster and then I was like oh really and then after the podcast I mentioned like, oh, I can't understand how I'm a hipster and then someone said to me oh yeah, you you know, you definitely are a hipster. And I was like, oh, that's offended me as I stare at my Tabor Pepper Elite jersey. Like, I don't, yeah. have, a, I don't have a Tabor Pepper Elite jersey. Jesus Christ, the, the, my jersey of choice is the old Reebok Aaron Rodgers white stitched on action. I tell you what, if if uh, Mr. Pepper, hang on, what if he was a doctor? Don't awesome. call it, stop that. No? Stop that, no. Okay. Was it? <laughs> I was just thinking what was the worst that could happen. But um, he could actually... We, we we should get Table's dad on the show. Yeah. What's it like to be the dad of an NFL centre? And I wonder now that we've just mentioned them, does he just appear? You know, like kind of the, the Batman. When you put up the logo, he just appears. Or, you know, the creepy urban legends when you say someone's name three times and they appear in your bedroom? Oh, uh, yeah. Who like was that? that? Who was that? So, was it something Mary, wasn't it? He used to do it don't, at school. Don't say it, bro. You'd next have to thing... say it in the mirror three times and then she'd appear behind you. Yeah. I can't think what she was called. Something, Mary. I know what it is, and I can. I'm almost. Well, you can say it once. Yeah, but I'm saying it in my head a bunch of times. So can you stop bringing it up, please? Say it once more. No, I'm not. Go- <laughs> I know, because we'd have a and special guest joining us is the Virgin Mary. No, we're not having her on. We're we're double booked. So the Vikings. Anyway, uh, so this is the first noon kickoff, which is happy days for us, right? Because every game has been late, or we've been over in Lambo for it. Uh, or it's a Thursday night game or whatever. This is the first noon game. But not only that, Rhino, we're going to have a, cl- a slobber knocker of a meetup in Manchester with Gridiron and Gravy. Up to 75 now. 75 going to Manchester. And you can still get tickets. So uh, mm. if you sat there thinking, oh, I don't know, I just want to make sure there's a few more going first. We're at 75. We are three days away. Probably by the time you listen to this, less than that. Yeah. So get but on Get your tickets. Stop messing about. Um, so, but and do you know what? It's going to be a good game. And I know that usually what we do is we look at divisional rivals and we sort of say, yeah, we're going to paste them. You know, we look at the Bears and we release memes like, oh, the Bears? I thought we already had our bye week. You know, memes like that. Uh, the Vikings, <laughs> Ryan, ho, ho, are not to be... Uh, I'm going to get that... Um, you that's know, a rib tickler. That's a rib tickler. What a slobber knockoff and hell joke. I was going to get a, um, a um, tumbleweed. But anyway, this, this Vikings team are not to be sniffed at. In fact, if you look at this stats behind and i've got some i've got some uh nice uh story about stats uh but if you look at the stats behind it just on where we sort of stand overall uh the vikings have beaten us the last two times that we've played them so in, on january 3rd and september 18th and then we bet them then going back to december 2016 but famously we went into their stadium last year uh to open it up the first game and we thought oh how poetic it's written in the stars let's beat these guys and we ended up losing 17 14 
which is definitely a game that we could have won. But Ryan, let's look at this on paper. So the Vikings, ninth offense, we have the 16th. Defense, they have the 7th. We have the 11th. So just outside the top 10. Um, in rushing, they're the 11th best rushing attack, whereas we're 22nd, which is not really a surprise there. But we are, do have the emergence of Aaron Jones. I have a nice little tidbit yeah, about him later. Yeah, they've just lost Delvin Cook. Exactly. Um, and then in passing, that's the only place that we beat them. So we're 11th in passing. They're 13th. Now, they had Sam Bradford, and he did pretty well. And then he got injured. I think it was an knee injury, right? And then he co- and then he came back into a game wasn't right. So Case Keenum was doing a job there. Um, he's not he- doing bad as well. To be fair to Case Keenum, he, he's done a decent job. And if 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 I was a Vikings coach right now, and and Bradford isn't hundred percent, I stick with Case Keenum because he's he's been doing a job. Yeah, you kind of have to go with the hot hand, don't you? So look at the Jets when they had Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he broke all types of records. He broke some of Joe Namath's records. Fitz now, magic. But the thing is, like you know. That kind of threw me off a little bit, I won't lie. Uh, So, I I, I have no idea what that was. So, um, (laughs) anyway, um, get my draw off the ground. So, if if you look at that, like, we're not saying that Fitzpatrick, because look, the Jets were reluctant to bring him back for a reason, and maybe it was because of all of that messing around. That's why he hasn't sort of put up numbers, and you can feed him to a system and everything can work together. Carson Palmer, you know, he was kind of seen as his journeyman. He goes to the Cardinals and puts up, ridiculous numbers nearly makes it to the Super Bowl and then the next year he just kind of falls off I think people can be caught in kind of a a microcosm of perfection you know like Aaron Rodgers is is good year in year out but some quarterbacks you'll find can have a, a great game work in a great system and arguably Sam Bradford was doing that last year you know like his deep ball was rubbish before and all of a sudden he's, you know, they had a ridiculously leaky O-line and yet he was able to put up these numbers. And that's apparently, they were sort of saying like, Sam Bradford last year graded out incredibly high when he shouldn't have graded out incredibly high. This is way above what he should be doing. And it kind of comes back to normal. But Case Keenum's definitely doing a job here, Ryan. So um, there's loads of keys to this game, you know, between our wide receivers versus their cornerbacks, whether their O-line is actually patched up, you know, how their running game is going with Dalvin Cook now out on, on IR, I think. What did he do with Terry's ACL? Um, I can't do that. Something like, something like I that. I should probably it. know that, but yeah. But look at that. Uh, do you see this as being a stiff competition game? It's it's easy for us to be flippant, right? And say, look, oh no, we have them. But on paper, they kind of trounce us in all categories here. Yeah, but the game's, it's going to be obvious comment here, the game's not on paper, it is on the field. And, and I find it odd because even on ESPN.co.uk.com, uh, uh, they've got their matchup predictor they use and they've got this as a coin flip, okay? So there's not enough in it to decide either way. But they do still slightly favour Minnesota. Now, that, maybe that's just because they're at home, but I don't see it being that close. So, look, their leader's... In terms of uh, yardage and all the rest, you've got Stefan Diggs, as far as I know, he's questionable. You've got Dalvin Cook, he's on IR. And Case Keenum is their quarterback that they're kind of hanging their hat on. C- compare that now to Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and the emergence of Aaron Jones. I think we've got the edge there. Now, defences, we've got defence that is hopefully going to create turnovers because it's not... I don't think it's ever really going to shut down teams but it does have the potential to make those turnovers. But the Minnesota defense has always been fairly decent, hasn't it? I think has always has always challenged us. Now, the other thing that goes for us, obviously, massively, is the whole Mike Zimmer, Aaron Rodgers stat. I think now is four goes against Zimmer and four wins, right? So, um, for me, 
looking at what we did last week in the against the Cowboys, I get they want to look at their stats. I get they want to do the whole thing on paper and you know where their defense ranks compared to us and all the rest of it. But quite simply, just look at the team that played the Cowboys and what they did last week, and look at the sort of ups and downs of the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, this is the Vikings team that lost to the useless Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, I think in uh, week two was it? Yeah, twenty six nine. Yeah, so I'm I'm not overly impressed now. Admittedly, Dalvin Cook is out. They have a pretty good running back in uh, Jarek McKinnon. Um, I think they've also do they also have Latavius Murray. Um, who I think was doing good things somewhere else yeah. in the league a, a year or so ago, two years ago. Yeah, Oakland, wasn't Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so they've got other options there. They don't have a particularly strong receiving core, although uh, in past matchups we've made Adam Thielen look like Jerry Rice. So look for him as again to to get yardage and get touchdowns that he shouldn't get. Um, but look, this one for me is a Packers win. Um, just going on momentum and. And we're about due, like you said, they've beaten us in the last two matchups, so we're about due to uh, to give them a lesson here. <laughs> if only it worked like that, Rana. Um, yeah. If only it worked like that. But yeah, look, I think any type of divisional matchup is going to be difficult because, you know, we've been dealing with these teams for forever. And certainly, you know, Mike Zimmer likes going up against Aaron Rodgers. You know, as you said, there's all these Mike Zimmer versus Aaron Rodgers stats and how, you know, Mike Zimmer's teams are a defense heavy team and they've always been good on defense and this is where they could be a potentially dangerous team this year because on offense they actually grade out pretty high um so th- this is a point where i think we announced something brilliant so everyone knows that i am a big uh, pro football focus fan we've had neil hornsby the founder on the podcast i think we've had him maybe on twice now and then i go kind of, i go way back with neil and you know i used to interview him for nfl ireland and all the rest so uh, I, look, I'm PFF obsessed. I like their gear. I think all of the stations like their stuff because they have their stats up underneath all the players. So right now, we've only gone out and got ourselves as an affiliate of Pro Football Focus. Way so yeah, I, I think this could be uh yeah. I think you've dropped stat and PFF so often that the that essentially you've you've earned it. Yeah, yeah. like Mister PFF and. Uh, we got. I got a tweet in from Sam Mendoza and he said, you know, for the podcast, can we go and look at the likes of how our players have graded out this season and all the rest. So as, and I like the idea, um, and I think what we'll do is, is let's take a, a little bit of a PFF closer look. Now, again, uh, we've just got the affiliate status. And again, if, if you want these stats, we strongly advise go to our website, ukpackers.co.uk and we have this the logos for Pro Football Focus uh, edge and pro football focus elite now the edge one is a 40 dollar package and it's just sensational it has their signature stats so you can go in and see where all of the players grade out you know how many pass snaps they have and it's just the information is is unbelievable and if you're a real diehard and into your fantasy leagues especially if you're into draft kings and all the rest they have the pro football focus uh, elite which is the package that we have um now it's expensive uh, but uh, we, we think it's worth it if you're a diehard but jesus if you know, if you're putting, if you're buying Tesco noodles and all the rest, don't be going out buying this damn thing right now. It's... No. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, it is awesome the amount of information that you can get on there and and uh, and so on. But in actual fact, the other package has plenty on there as well. And and as you said, if you if you're the kind of guy that's now getting serious into your fantasy leagues or playing the paid ones like mm. DraftKings and and so on and so on, then quite honestly, it's well worth the investment. But yeah, if you want to be a heavyweight like Steve. 
oh, with yeah. his stats, impressing yeah. everybody down the pub on a Friday when they're talking Gaelic, then uh, <laughs> then you yeah. want the big package. And they're both on there, and it's, it's a great deal to be had, I think, and the amount of information you get is simply unrivaled. I mean, the whole of the NFL's using it. Yeah. And that's that's why, you know, they said to us, you know, do you have a small package or a big package? I was like, I got a big package. And that's the one we got. Um, so would you like the bits in or the bits out, you know, that uh, add the Club Orange out? Anyway, um, so we got the big one. But if you go to our website, click on the link, that'll bring you to Pro Football Focus. Uh, the first package is $40, uh, which, you know, grades out to whatever, uh, grade out, I love it, uh, into GBP. And then the, the elite one that we have is like 200 blips. So it's only if if you're super diehard and you want your stuff. But the signature stats is on the Edge, which is the cheaper package. Um, so that that's a good one to look at. So let me throw some stats at you. Aaron Rodgers uh, as a quarterback, so he's in the top 10, but he comes in at number five. But interestingly enough to me, Ryan, is Case Keenum comes in at number nine. So he is doing a good job here. Now, I don't know whether Case Keenum's stats are bulked up by the fact of that his wide receiver core are graded really high. Like Stephon Diggs is number four league-wide in wide receivers, whereas Adam Thielen is number six. So, you know, if you look at the likes of the Atlantas and and all of these teams, you know, and we sort of get scared about Julio Jones and all the rest. Stefan Diggs is doing a job. And I mean, he was doing a job last season, the same at Adam Thielen as well. And we were looking at these guys going, Jesus Christ, Ads, it's Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. What are you, you're making them look like Jerry Rice here, you know, but it goes to show that against other teams in the league, they have graded out really, really well this year and they're up the top of the wide receivers. And to put that into contrast for people, Devontae Adams, who's balling out, you know, he's getting into the end zone, doing his little feeding people celebration. He's 38. Jordy Nelson is 11th and Randall Cobb is number 40. Ryan, does that yeah. those numbers shock you? See, I think this is where I have the problem with stats. Um, just, just they don't always paint an honest picture. Because I think when you look at teams like this... Um, if you've only really got one or two elite superstar, even good in this case, good options to throw the ball to, then that's who's going to get the ball. That's that's going to be your safety valve to always throw it to your, your star man in that sense. The Green Bay Packers have their running back, the fullback, any of the tight ends, any of five, six receivers they can throw the ball to. And Aaron Rodgers shares the ball around. He can throw it to any inch of grass on the field. And so sometimes I think it gives you that sort of almost a false picture. Yeah, that's fair to say, isn't it? I mean, it's a false picture in that sense. So I think sometimes, I mean, who, who now who now would pick if I offered you Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs in exchange for Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson in a fantasy league? We all know you're taking that trait. You're going to take Nelson and Adams all day long. We know that. And so I think sometimes you just got to kind of do the taste test on it almost, you know, take a bite of that and see what tastes the best. And we all know that's going to be the Packers receivers in that situation. So I think sometimes that's the problem that I have with stats is that it doesn't always paint the, the honest picture. No, and I mean, if you look at a running back stats, that's going to be down to what the O-line is doing. So you could have a really crap O-line and then your running back is going to not grade out so well. But um, yeah, Brian Baldinger put out a tweet and he showed uh, Brian Balaga and Jerry Evans on a, they double teamed the guy to open yeah. up running lanes for Aaron Jones. So, you know, we're seeing some nice stuff that the Packers O-line is doing for uh, Aaron Jones and that Aaron Jones is instinctive enough to juke out to the right and then hit that gap. Aaron Jones, would you believe, Ryan, is the fifth best running back per pro football focus, which 
Uh, Ty Montgomery's 14th for anybody. Uh, Sam and those, if you're listening. So he's grading in at 14th. Um, and Aaron Jones is number five. I mean, what an impact to make. In comparison, Dalvin Cook grades in at number eight. And he was sensational for them at the start of the season. So you said it earlier in the podcast, you know, we've Aaron Jones, you know, breaking out. I, again, are going to reserve to see, does that continue to happen? I don't think there's any reason why I wouldn't. But what's interesting is, is Dalvin Cook is out for the Vikings in this game. And their next man up is Jarek McKinnon, who comes in at 26th. So although they have the better um, rushing attack in the overall stats, that is not a future projection as to what we're going to see in this game. We're certainly going to see... Aaron Jones take more snaps, Jamal Williams potentially in there, maybe just to mix it up. Um, but we certainly have dominance in the running line. So we could have a dominant pass attack, a dominant rush attack, and then it's just up to our defense to try stand up to these, you know, receivers that are achieving top 10 status and number four and number six. And up against these guys, you know, we're going to have uh, Morgan Burnett, Devon House, Kevin King, Demarius Randall, Quinton Rollins, uh, Ha Clinton Dix, Josh Jones in the back. Uh, the same with Kentrell Bryce. And if, interesting enough, Pro Football Focus have Morgan Burnett in as a cornerback. And as a cornerback, he's the ninth best cornerback in the league. Um, now, yeah, that's probably because he's playing in those sort of diamond nickel areas, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. And that's traditionally been a cornerback that would play there. But yeah, I wouldn't have him as a corner. <laughs> no, it's it's all the nitro packages that they're playing. But we've we heard about it. I think I mentioned on the last podcast that Railbird Central had said that Morgan Burnett was the best in a in a long while. Um and that wasn't too good for the Packers in the secondary. And to highlight what he meant by that, Devon House uh grades in at eighty third in the league at cornerback. Kevin King, for as good as we see him, is grading in at ninety fourth at cornerback. Demarius Randall and Quinton Rollins then rounded out with ninety four and a hundred. Haha Clinton Dix and Morgan Burnett ha- were the best safety tan or one of the best safety tandems last year. I think they graded out at eighth, I think, as a tandem in the league. But if you look at Haha Clinton Dix now uh, at the safety position, he's sixty fourth out of all safeties, Ryan. And this is what you say about stats. I mean, and this is what they say that Pro Football Focus gets when they go into a facility and they say to somebody, you know, Haha Clinton Dix is actually the sixty fourth best or worst safety, depending on how you want to look at it. And you'll get the the team looking at them and saying, no, I like I definitely don't agree with that, the impact that he makes. It, you know, it's more intangible. He organizes the secondary in a way. He, you know, does this and the other. I mean, they're shocking enough numbers again to look at, Ryan. And something that when you look at the likes of how we're actually the 11th best defense in the league, it must be coming from the guys up front as opposed to, uh, you know, our secondary, we're, we're playing well and being one of the top defences in spite of that secondary, leaving out Morgan Burnett. Yeah, it's it's really it's really difficult, I think, to, to start taking the players individually in said positions, especially when a number of players move around positions, especially with the new packages, as you already mentioned. But I think sometimes when it comes down to the, what, what's in a, a stat sheet, or, or on PFF or ESPN or NFL or any of the other different, you know, places that you find these stats out there. I think the difference with um, what actually goes on in the field is the way in which those players interact and those ways in which those players perform as units in their position groups. And then how do those units interact with the other units on the field? You know, and it's, it's all kind of the complete understanding of not only the playbook, but the players around them. And I think that's what you can never 
put a stat together for. I mean, so just a couple of weeks ago, obviously when when King came inside and Randall didn't take his man outside, you know, is that just a lack of understanding of the playbook? Remember, we said, you know, who who knew it looked like the one of them went into man and one thought it was zone. It doesn't. We still don't know who got that wrong, but it was probably attributed at that point to Randall losing his man, and therefore his stats on there probably end up getting hurt. But we don't know who was responsible for that. And so actually then it goes down to a lack of understanding of the playbook and a lack of understanding in terms of the two teammates and how they interact with each other. So it's very, very difficult to directly translate stats onto a into the game of American football. Now, when you're doing stats um, in something like baseball, where it's very much more um, an individual basis, and it is one man up there facing one pitcher, then I think it is very, 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 you know, it almost, it's exactly stats. And the whole game is just a stat book. But I think football, there's a lot more. You have to read the stats and the stats are interesting and they're always good to have a look at. But I think you kind of have to, it's how you interpret those stats and then see them come into play for real. Yeah. And it's, I suppose it's the coverage is as well going into a game. So if you know if someone's playing well and you look at their tape and you see that they're good in the slot, you know, if you can try drag them certain ways with tight ends and then get Randall Cobb involved, for instance, uh, you know, it, you can do creative stuff. You can certainly use the stats against somebody. Uh, the interesting thing that I hear bantied around the internet, though, is that, you know, Xavier Rhodes is one of the top cornerbacks in the league. Um, some people are saying he's the best cornerback in the NFC. I've seen some articles say that. Some people are saying Terrence Newman, it's funny. Uh, that he's so old, you know, he's 39 years of age and he's still doing it. How long can he keep doing it for? Um, but interestingly enough, I mean, Terrence Newman grades higher than Xavier Rhodes. So Terrence Newman comes in 35th and Xavier Rhodes comes in 53rd. Now, again, you could argue that that's because Terrence Newman is playing the slot. Um, and also, he's he's a damn good player. And safety-wise, Harrison Smith, um, you know, who is no secret, he makes it onto the top 100 list every year. He comes in at number two at safeties and they grade him as elite. So that's someone that we have to, to look at here. Um, mm -hmm. cert Certainly a bit of a danger. Although my last memory of Harrison Smith, I can't remember what player he missed on the sideline, uh, but he busted a, a tackle and he got he got embarrassed um, against the Packers the last game they played him. And that's going to be useless to everybody because I can't even remember what player it was that did it to him. But I remember he got smoked and people were very surprised that he could you know, get, uh, get blazed like that. I wonder, Ryan, will it be a case where Aaron Rodgers, you know, do, do you think Harrison Smith is good enough uh, to make the, you know, to sort of make the Packers change their game? Do you think this could, you know, move us to potentially one side of the field to, to get away from Harrison Smith? Because Aaron Rodgers has been guilty of doing that with players in the past. I mean, we've seen games against the Seahawks where he just wouldn't target Richard Sherman at all. I don't think he's good enough to, to, to make that. But I actually think that Aaron Rodgers, and I know we've seen it before, like you said, uh, with Sherman. Um, but I think actually Aaron Rodgers is in the mood right now where it doesn't matter who's on the field in front of him. Um, he believes he can put the pass where he wants it. Um, he believes that he can do exactly as he pleases. So I don't think that anybody playing there, whether it's Harrison Smith or or, or anybody else, is going to make his mind up of where he's going to throw the ball. He's going to throw the ball where he finds the open man. Mm. Um, so I don't think that's going to that's gonna bother, bother him one bit. Um their leading guy on defense at the minute actually is Aaron. Uh, oh, this is going to be a great one. I'm going to get wrong. Sedenio or Senyo. Andrew Sedenio, yeah. um, <laughs> which is a great name. 
um, which I probably mispronounced, but he's leading them in tackles. Um, he is questionable tomorrow as well. So um, tomorrow on Sunday, uh, he was questionable today for Sunday. Uh, so there's there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and then. There's a, I won't be worrying too much about one player in particular or another player in particular changing our game plan. Our game plan is going to be simple. We're going to pass them off the field. Um, we're going to try and bring that run game that we started getting going last week um, and try and try and back up our passing game, if you, if, if you know what I mean, in that sense. Um, we should be able to do that. And and I think that's that's quite simply what it's going to come down to. We're, we're better for time of possession than they are. We're better on third down conversion than they are. We are better for passing yards per game. Um, you know... We we just got we've got all the things that we need, and they've got too many injuries. And this is me saying this as a Packers fan. Obviously, they have too many injuries in key areas, and um, I think all of those all of those for me. It's those few stats there. It's those few team stats that come down rather than the individual stats that tells me the Green Bay Packers will win this football game. Yeah, um, I I do think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be as close as the Cowboys. I wouldn't be fooled by. You know, the previous results that the Vikings have cranked out. So 2017 against the Bears in the last game. Um, the Lions-Vikings game was a weird one. Uh, 14-7. Uh, they put up 34 points against the Bucks, And, you know, the the Bucks have notched up a good few points on other teams. They're kind of a weird a weird team. Uh, they lost to the Steelers um, at the Steelers. So, again, playing away from home didn't didn't suit them. But they bet the Saints 29-19 or beat. Uh, there's for you, Scotty Mann, uh, who's criticised me about that. So, you know, it, it's going to be a tough game and especially the fact that they're at home and that the teams are so familiar with each other. But I think this game, I think in a nutshell, Ryan comes down for me, is going to be the Vikings' defence um, more so up front against Aaron Rodgers to see what type of pressure that they're going to get on him and going to get on our O-line. Um, Anthony Barr, the linebacker, grades out at 6th. Linval Joseph, who's an interior defender, comes in at 10th. And Everson Griffin is 7th. And he's on a he's on a bit of a sack streak as well, Everson Griffin. So it's going to be what pressure they can get on Aaron Rodgers, uh, what pressure they can get on the sort of makeshift O-line uh, who's just trying to get healthy again. And then to see if they can force Aaron Rodgers to make uncharacteristic errors in throws. Um you know, and then of course you have Smith there as a safety who's going to try capitalize on that. But I think we have enough firepower at wide receiver, and I think that you know mm-hmm. if we can see what Aaron Jones is going to do on the day, uh, you know, like they're very evenly matched with in that regard, and the fact that you know we have a bit of a weaker O line. Huh? <laughs> I disagree. No, I don't know. I I think they're evenly enough a match. Like I know that you sort of read the stats, but you kind of have to look into you know who we've played and how we've played. I don't know. I, I just don't... I think... I For instance, uh, we used to do this thing in work where every week we would try predict... There was about 10 of us in the group. Every week we'd try predict the outcomes and then we'd just notch up, you know, who, the biggest score total of who's predicted the games correctly. There was one guy who had no rashes about NFL and he would literally just pick the home team. Every game he just picked the home team and he came out second. I came out first, he came out second in the league. So I was trying to be all you know, a beautiful mind and predicting injuries, this, that, and the other. Um, and he, he came out and just picked every home team and he ended up coming out pretty well. So they're going to have that home advantage as well. You know, we lost there the last time. Um, and it's just, it's that, it's that pressure up front against their makeshift O-line. It's that they're strong at the secondary position. When it comes to their wide receivers, uh, you know, they've got two top tens 
Um, their fullback, you know, you can bring him in. I think he's fifth best in the league. You can bring him in when you're on third and short. You know, he's going to get that purchase. We struggled against that against Dallas. So I think this is more evenly matched than people think. But if Case Keenum has an off game, which he's liable to do. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the likes of you know, how our defensive players are playing up front. Mike Daniels is a revelation. Clay Matthews is arguably having uh, the best year that he's had since the Super Bowl run. Nick Perry isn't far behind them. They grade out on edge defenders as 20th and 25th, respectively. You know, so they're doing fantastic. Blake Martinez is sixth best linebacker in the league. Uh, I mean, and he's only getting better each week. He's He's an absolute weapon. So I think up front, we're going to put that pressure on. And I think as we sort of wait for... Kevin King to mature um, a little bit. Morgan Burnett's doing his thing. I just think it's so evenly matched around. And where we do have mismatches, they have strong areas. So if they have a weak O-line, but they have strong receivers, yeah. you know, it's like they always have that kind of leaky safety valve. So this is a very, very interesting matchup. And I'm really happy yeah. that it's on the time it is. So we get to enjoy it in full. I tell you what, I tell you why I'm a little bit, not just, dis- I'm not certainly not dismissive of it. But why I'm quite happy with the fact that, yes, they've got a very strong D and, yes, they're going to be very good at rushing Rodgers and all the rest of it is because we've had the O-line we've had over the previous weeks. And, yes, Rodgers has got knocked to the floor and, yes, Rodgers has been sacked at times. But they've managed to protect him enough to not only keep him healthy but be able to enable him enough time to get the ball out and play in the way that he needs to play to win a game of football. And so they can be as good as they want to be rushing as long as our O-line can, again, do just enough and our road line now isn't terrible, is it? And I think I think what we've got to do as well is maybe, and I absolutely understand the term makeshift because it still is and it is still people playing slightly out of position all the rest of it and there's different people in it every week. But it's, it's starting, those guys are now starting to become more consistent, I feel, and, and doing better. And, you know, like we said before, even if that was all our starting guys in that uh, offensive line, the defensive line, the linebackers, the safeties and everybody else, they're supposed to sack the quarterback. That's their job. So even if you've got all your starters in there, it's still going to happen from time to time. So I think they've done a good job. I think they can do enough um, to to allow Aaron Rodgers to play a game of football. And if Aaron Rodgers gets the chance to play a game of football, he wins. Yeah, because, I mean, he's great at where he is now, but Aaron Rodgers isn't going to keep on getting better. He seems to have that confidence. He's going to build up that rapport. And the schedule really does lend itself, Ryan, to a fantastic run to the playoffs. I mean, we have the Vikings here in their stadium. If we can do a job on them, um, you know, we're up to five and one. And then we've got the Saints with the bye week after that. So, you know, the Saints yeah. defensively are absolutely terrible. They're 29th in the league. Um, so it's it's certainly something that we can do a job on them. That one is in Lambeau Field as well. And then we're into the bye to, to let people get healthy. And then we've got two divisional matchups between the Lions and the Bears. Like, we could potentially take the next four games, which puts us at 8-1. and one. And then it's kind of a pick and mix from there to see, you know, what type of team that we're going to get. The Ravens have famously imploded this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're up against them after that. Then the Steelers, where, you know, Big Ben was going to retire and didn't retire, then came out and sort of said, you know, had to try to remind people that he was actually a serviceable quarterback. Who's the backup at Pittsburgh these days? Is it still Charlie Batch? He seems to have been around. Or Byron Leftwich, he was there for a while. I, I presume they've got a different one now. Good old Charlie Batch. Uh, yeah, I, Michael Vick, he retired. Or yeah. they cut him or something. But it's it's a shocking situation that's happening there. So, I mean, we could steamroll them and then we're up to 10-1. and one. You know, and I know this is all conjecture, but then we've got the Bucks at home, so you never know what team's going to show up. The Browns are probably going to be so beaten up at that stage. Um. 
you know that that's going to be the my sort of roll over first in that game as well. Uh, yeah. The Panthers at Carolina is going to be a difficult game potentially, but again, we're talking about you know mid to late December at that stage, so you just never know what's going to happen. And then we've got the Vikings and the Lions to round it out. So you know whether the Vikings and the Lions can do a job themselves and we could be sort of fighting for the division at that stage but it could be at a side at that stage right i mean we could be up to 12 13 wins yeah i think look if you take if you take the vikings right now and look at the games they've had so far mm. compared to our games i think we've played tougher opponents with the exception of cincinnati yeah so they played and beat new orleans which you said terrible defense they lost heavily to pittsburgh mm. um they beat Tampa Bay, which was a, a good, you know, good win, but they were at home. Then they lost to Detroit at home. And then they went to Chicago and won by three points, but who doesn't go to Chicago and win? So I think, you know, they had a better, they had a more favourable start to the season, I think, than the Packers, and yet they're a game down. Um, and, you know, if they lose this week, they've lost two in, in the division as well. So... They're looking stuck. The Detroit Lions, I cannot believe that, you know, even with our old buddy TJ Lang there, I cannot believe they're going to be a team that can that can sort of mount any serious challenge. I just I feel like that goes away at some point. It, it's not going to happen. The division is wrapped up for me already. It's a Green Bay Packers championship for the division. Our, our biggest goal should be, and what we should be aiming at, is getting that home field advantage in the playoffs because I think... If you get the home field advantage in the playoffs, all right, I know in 2010 we did it all on the road and all the rest of it, but I think this time round we need to be at home. And if we can do that, we really give ourselves a great chance to go to the Super Bowl. I think we're primed enough. I think this team has been through enough together to not let the mistakes of the past come back and happen again. You know, I mean, we've been to the NFC Championship game. We've been beaten ridiculously. Um, You know, we've been beaten in the playoffs considerably with the injuries that we've had and I think that with the amount of experience that we've had about you know moving guys around and making things work at the cornerback position at the O-line position I mean you know essentially at the running back position thank god it just hasn't happened at the quarterback position you know we've had experience in trying to to move guys around and making it work and as much as people want to say you know sack Dom Capers and all the rest and the temptation is there to do it. But, I mean, there's times that the players have been there to make the tackle and just don't carry out the fundamentals. But also, Ryan, I mean, so everyone out there, you know, 99% of people listening go into work, do their day's job and go home. And everybody's had that situation where you go into work. And apart from unemployed Dave. But, you know, imagine there was a guy who was unemployed listening. It was called Dave. Called Dave, Oh, yeah. geez, sorry, Dave. Um, don't worry, buddy. Hang in there. Just keep sending out those CVs. So, like, everyone goes in. And you know when someone who's really strong in a team calls in sick and you're kind of screwed for the day, you know? I mean, it's happened to me before where you go in or half the team drops out or, you know, two people are on holidays and then the strong person calls in sick or the strong person gets lifted onto a different task. Now, can you imagine every single year, a year, now we're not talking about a week, oh, you go in, it's a dodgy day. Every year you go in and the guys that you've been given and the system that you've been running and the people that you've been training up and the strategy that you've had and you take away four or five of those players and then you give them back broken, you know, and they're kind of like, 
oh yeah you, you know you can have Mick he can work on your team but you can only have him for an hour because he has to come back onto this team you know like it'd be devastating to your job yet it's acceptable for everybody else and I've been guilty of it of saying Dom I'm sick of him you know get rid of him like I've been guilty of that for sure but then when you think about it and when you the team is doing well here's the problem and let me know if you agree with me the, the, there's two problems really with with this is that sometimes when the team is doing well you can forgive a bend but don't break defense and go ah sure what does it matter it's only when the offense is misfiring that the defense you look they at them and say it. yeah and I mean yeah. should we not be criticizing the defense more maybe you know when the team is doing well instead of because for instance and, and I'll, I'll end it here and, and, and on a very boring note during the economic boom in Ireland, very few people were saying the housing crisis, the arse is going to fall out of it. Because why would you be the naysayer and dump all over a good thing? The Celtic Tiger was was booming. But there were some people who were saying this is the time to safeguard our cash right now. The arse fell out of the market and we ended up in Hapenies place. Ryan, are we in the, you know, are we in danger of being in the Celtic boom of Packer play here? And we, you know, maybe we should be looking bef- behind some of the deficiencies and being a bit more critical? Mm, don't know. Don't know, because with criticism just comes negative energy and it doesn't breed anything, does it? It doesn't breed anything that's that's wanted. But I think there's, there's two things with the defence, and, and I get it. I understand why the Dom Capers naysayers are out there, but as I've said before, we're not sacking Dom and we, we'll just get behind him and be part of it. Mm. But you're right. I mean, he's had to deal with an incredible amount of injuries every year. He is, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he knows this. And uh, Dom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. He is getting on and the game has changed. Um, but the other thing as well is, right, the offence know what they're doing when they go out there. They've got the playbook. It's them that selects the play. And it's them that go out there knowing what's going to happen. 100% knowing what's going to happen. The defence go out there being as best informed as they can as to what might happen and trying to be best prepared for what could happen. And so it's always going to be the defence playing on the back foot to an extent. And often you're looking for an errant throw, uh, a wrong route run, um, an offensive block missed. uh, And that's when it's going to go wrong for the offence, right? Mm. So it's much harder to play defence than it is offence, in my opinion. Yeah. But um, So I think it's, it's kind of harsh to... I've often thought... I mean, yeah, there's been a couple of years where the Green Bay defence was really bad, but... You know, there's very few teams I'd swap our defence with right now. And I, and I honestly mean that. There's there's players I'd like to add to our defence for sure. But I think in terms of our defence, I really feel it's going somewhere. Now, yeah, we could have done it going somewhere maybe a few years back when we were on the last couple of runs to the Super Bowl. Maybe things would have been different. But we got something now. I feel like we're putting the players in there. Yes, I'd love it if we could make a trade, you know, for somebody out there. You know, and, and, and I think we posted it. Um... The guys on NFL.com were doing these sort of hypothetical trade situations for Patrick Peterson at corner. You know, would, would be wonderful. Probably won't happen. Um, and then I saw another one, completely ridiculous one, for Jimmy Graham from Seahawks. But, you know, that kind of took the fun out of that straight away. But, look, I don't know that we're going to add anything to it now, but I feel this defense is doing well. It's showing good signs of things. Rollins and Randall, don't know if they're ever going to get it back. They're probably going to be the kind of guys that are going to come off the bench, fill a role, play on special teams from now on going forward. There's plenty other guys on that team, including the two young guys that we mention every week in Kentrell Bryce and, and, and Josh Hawkins. They're looking really nice. You've got Josh Jones and Kevin King, other young guys. And then you've still got like Morgan Burnett, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, 
you know, these guys are still young enough. There's a real good set of guys back there. You look at the linebackers. Martinez is suddenly looking like uh, a world beater inside a linebacker. I really like that. Like you said there, Clay Matthews probably playing his best football since uh, probably the 2011 season, the one where we almost went unbeaten if it wasn't for those Chiefs. And, uh, well, and of course the New York Giants who beats in the playoffs, but whatever. Um, you know, so you got additions like um, Ahmad Brooks, for example, who I think is coming and done a really nice job, kind of proving the point that, yeah, guess what, Ted, we can go out there and get something and it might improve us. Um, and he did that. He was more aggressive with free agency. Whether we see him being aggressive enough to go out there and put a trade and add another piece to this, I don't know. But what I'm saying is to get back to my point, because I know I do like to go off on tangents, to get back to my point, there's not many teams right now that I would I would swap this defense for with anybody else. And I think I'm going to get stick for that. But I'm thinking this defense could be set with the pieces it's got on it for the next five, six years. Think about that defensive line as well. You've got the likes of Lowry, okay, been injured. Kenny Clark suddenly looking nice. Mike Daniels has still got enough years in the tank. You know, there's there's enough here to tell me that this defense could be set for the next five or six years. So I like it, and I think we'll get behind it, and I think it's going to be, at some point, the defense really going to play a part. Remember it in week one. Okay, it's got that potential. We've got to now find that consistency. Yeah, and it all starts up front, so your secondary improves when you start getting errant balls that are thrown into the secondary. So uh, Mike Daniels, world beater, Blake Martinez, fantastic. Uh, Clay Matthews and Nick Perry looking extremely dangerous. Uh, Kenny Clark is developing quite well. Um, so he's in his 52nd for interior defenders, but he's only going to get better, especially as Mike Daniels becomes just more invincible as the season goes on, as long as he doesn't pick up any injuries, which he's very durable. Yeah. So, we, you know, I doubt he will. So Kenny Clark has, has a bigger part to play. And, you know, with that pressure, and if the offense keep putting up uh, some fantastic numbers, well, then what's going to end up happening is, is that's going to eliminate the run game. We're going to get the pressure on the quarterback and the quarterback's going to start making mistakes. And as we get further into the season and we arguably come up against teams with a worse winning percentage and just generally, you know, crappy teams like the Browns. Um, well, then, look, they're going to pick up that confidence. They're going to pick up a few interceptions and they're going to get good practice. We're going to get healthier. Uh, we're going to settle into ourselves and that locker room chemistry is going to come about I mean, look, the the chemistry that we've seen this week even is fantastic with these. Now, I'm going to say this word and people are going, oh, it's not how you pronounce it. It is GIFs. So the inventor of the G-I-F-S is, GIFs. people say GIF, but it's actually GIF, right? So I say GIF, but it's, it's GIF. So, no, no, it's GIF. Look it up. So the inventor oh, of the... It's probably GIF. Oh, the inventor of the GIF. So, it's GIF. Yeah, well, it's probably GIF. So... <laughs> could do this all night yeah shall we be the worst podcast ever yeah the last 20 minutes is just us repeating it. um so yeah the inventor of the gifts gifs was um <laughs> that's what i'm saying now is they're having fun with it they're cool as well but it's that type of chemistry it's that type of weirdness that you need and on top of that right now with this celebration stuff the you know we have uh Devontae adams giving out uh looks like he's giving out portions of food for his touchdown celebration and the best one of all and according to the packers official podcast um, Jordy Nelson come up with the idea to do the bobsled team uh, which was just brilliant and uh, look it was literally it had been done and about 20 minutes later someone was already had a t-shirt out about the Packers and in the, in the sort of the bobsled formation 
I mean, that's important as well here, right? This sort of team chemistry. And sometimes with team injuries, you have that camaraderie that people come behind somebody to say, come on, man, you can get better. You're going to do you're going to do fine. Keep the morale up. And then they're on the sideline giving that morale boost um, like back to Ari. So, I mean, hopefully we get that same chemistry that we've gotten those Super Bowl winning years. Yeah, and there is clearly a good team spirit there right now. I mean, for example, the the camera every time Aaron Jones went on a on a run at the weekend more than five yards, the the camera panned to Ty Montgomery. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as if to yeah, try yeah. and catch him going, "Oh no, there's my job." But <laughs> but he wasn't. Obviously, every time he's making that run, Ty's cheering, he's with him, he's clapping, he's happy for him. You know, they're a good tight group of players there. Um, you kind of just get the feeling, don't you, with the Green Bay Packers that. It doesn't matter if you're one of the practice squad guys or you're Aaron Rodgers. You kind of everybody's there together. It's one group. It's one unit, and it and it does feel like that. You don't get that from some of the other teams. I mean, you got all the mess going on in the New York Giants right now. The rumor rumors circulating circulating around the Raiders. You know, there's all these sort of things going on. We never hear that coming out of Green Bay, and then you start seeing these things like the gifts. And, uh, and some of the other pictures and the photo bombing on the captain's photos and all those types of things tell you you've got a real good team atmosphere right here. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be important and it's only going to get stronger as the season goes on. But um, I reckon we, we wrap it up there with the, the Vikings game. I think we're both looking at wins in this one, right? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think I'm going for a 10-point victory. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be closer. I reckon we sneak it in by what places? field goal or maximum a touchdown. You know you're going to be right now, you hear. I mean, after you know saying what you said about the, the Cowboys, I reckon you're probably going to be right. <sighs> I think what, what I would like to see this game then, what I would like to see this game is for the Packers to come out, take the front foot, get out there, quick start. Stop it because a few times, a few too many times this season, um, and all right, it's only been a short, we've only had five games so far, but a few too many times now we haven't come out the blocks quick enough. I'd like to see us from opening drive touchdown. That's what I want to see. So that's that's what I'm going to ask for. Green Bay Packers opening drive, I think we go all the way for a touchdown. Okay. There's Rhino's predictions. Uh, opening drive touchdown and a win by 10 points or more. Me, um, I'm not going to go for any of that. I'm going to, do you know what? I'm going to be bold and say, this is crazy now. You ready? Mm-hmm. I reckon Mason Crosby gets all of the extra points this time. <laughs> well there you go guys get your checkbook out get down at <laughs> Labrooks or any other um, addictive any other. premises yeah yeah. do what you want yeah, if you want to piss your money away uh, but unemployed Dave just just don't okay just save your money just don't that's how unemployed Dave ended up in that situation yeah, exactly yeah because he spent all his money at the bookies on the Chicago Bears going to the Super Bowl because this was their year and he lost everything <laughs> Now he doesn't have a car to get to work, so he's unemployed, Dave. Yeah, and eventually he's going to have to stop listening to the podcast because his, you know, subscription with 3.co.uk is going to run out and the lights will get switched off. Dave's living a pretty grim life. Pretty grim. But we got <laughs> well, give, he's a Bears fan. We, we got given out on email, Rhino. Uh, we knew it had happened. We had four yeah. guys in the picture against the Cowboys. and We quickly named off, you know, off the top of our heads who we remembered, and uh, we, got a, we got an email from a certain person. We did, and uh, yeah, so we forgot the guy's name, um, obviously, and we said, didn't we, if he's listening, <laughs> Yeah. and it seems he was listening, because we got an email um, from a guy, I don't, I don't know if we'd heard, have we heard of him before, was he? Was he <laughs> big... Hey Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, were we just not mentioning I'm his I'm just name. trying to rub this in, because yeah. you forgot his name. I didn't forget his name, I, 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 hold on, you were, oh, look, you're always doing no, this No, I introduced it, I introduced it. 
Uh, yeah, but you know, I didn't forget his name. I'm just saying you, you were doing the name thing and then you, you didn't say his name. I mean, I'm not pointing fingers, but... I just I looked at it briefly. Looked at it briefly, <laughs> I did. But uh, you know what? We got the email from him and he said, oh, you know, I, had, I was there ready poised for my moment of fame and then it all slipped away from me again. Um, and we we're going to get back to him and go, who's this? <laughs> just, I wouldn't mind. He has a membership number that's in the 20s. So, you know, he's, he's up there. I know. Uh, New email, who this? But um, yeah, he's... he's um. Nice guy, a bit of a questionable, questionable second name. He sounds like a Bond villain. Yeah, or, or kind, of, kind of like a knockoff David Beckham nickname. Yeah, he, sa- yeah. he sounds. But like no, he's a good guy. He is. Yeah, he, so you've now forgotten his name and taken the. You, you forgot his name and now you're taking the mick out of it. I'm, again, not pointing fingers, but. So, his name is Paul Goldsack. Which he does sound like an Austin Powers villain. Maybe he is. Maybe we should ask him that first, because if he is an Austin Powers villain, you've just annoyed him. Again, I say you. <laughs> so, there you go. Look he's at coming up. He's coming after you, bro. Like like we were a team until you did this, but uh, you're kind of on your own now. This reminds me of a scene in Braveheart where the English use the Irish as a shield against the Scots, hoping that they go and. Uh, get them bludgeoned in the war as kind of a, a you know, just... Yeah, then, and then what happens there? You guys go back on your word and uh, join the other team. Because you're pillaging everybody in our country, pal. Well, look, it's, you know, all right. So anyway, uh, that sort of wraps up more, the podcast. Well, every now and again, every now and again, we seem to touch on this Anglo-Irish mm. sort of... Tension. There's there's an underlying tension between us. Yeah. Apart from, I'm not that tense about it. Yes. I feel like I feel like we won. Yeah. It's. I don't know how you quantify it, but just feel like we did. Well, you've still got six counties. That's. <laughs> you know. You just kind of said, yeah, we'll back out, but not really. We'll just. We'll just hang on to this little bit. Just just does a little, you know, little little annoy you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little token. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. um, Manchester meetup. Uh, we mentioned That's it at politics. the top of the podcast. Yeah, um, it's weird that we're mentioning you know this type of stuff on on a sports podcast. But anyway, uh, let's take the politics. Yeah, sports, sports, and politics don't they just don't mix, do they? No. Next, <laughs> Recently, next thing you know, no. you're kneeling at the national anthem and people are giving out to you for disrespecting the flag, even though you can buy an American flag tongue on Amazon. Anyway, and you can buy beer. That's marketed with the American flag. Anyway, um, so. Manchester. Yep. It's close. You can still buy Manchester. tickets. So come along. If you're listening, you're from Manchester, you haven't got a ticket, get your arse down to Pineale in Manchester. Great Pineale, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Either get your tickets online or I'm sure you can probably rock up. But uh, like I said, we've sold 75 already. Yeah. Um, I don't know how big the room is, but obviously we've got a room that's getting all 75 of us in. Yep. Um, even better as well, make sure you've done your hair and uh, put your makeup on. Uh, Dave Skelhorn, because obviously I know you're there, um, because I think like they good. are doing a little little promotional video on the night, so they're going to be getting all you guys chanting "Go Pack Go" and get your cheese heads out, and you know, mm. I want to see. Do you know what I want to see is a topless Tom Coles with the dungarees on and uh, "Go Pack Go" painted on his stomach. Yeah, that's what I want to see. And if I don't see it, night's ruined. You see, I do that and you'd notice it and take pictures and mock like Tom Coles does it and it kind of works it's because everyone looks at Tom Coles and just goes yeah of course he is yeah 
People don't question that. No. Like if, if you or I did it, they'd be like, right, hang on. The guys that organised the meet are now running around with next to nothing on and the chest painted. But it's Tom Coles. You just go, oh, that that's Tom Coles, the yeah. guy we hear about on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's kind of like a famous artist. You don't, you know, everybody knows his name. Any room he goes into, but just you just know it's Tom Coles. Um, I think he yeah. had that happen to him in Green Bay. Someone says, "Oh, you must be Tom Coles." He said, "Yeah, that's me." Yeah, of course. So, um, I think as well, we're doing uh basically like a bit of a, a live nineteen nineteen club on the night. We've got a signed jersey. Nobody tweeted us, did they? Trying to work out who it was. No. We said last week the guy sacked Bledsoe in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. So he obviously plays on defense. But we got his signed jersey. We'll have a couple of signed photos, um, and we're going to have three three of our well three of the three of the best members going around selling raffle tickets for us. Uh, Charlotte, Jill, and Sarah. They're going to be selling tickets, getting the money out of your pockets, um, and you best give it to them basically because uh, I think they'll hound you for it if you don't. Uh, and then we'll have a live nineteen nineteen on the night, and I think we'll also do maybe some live interviews to add into the podcast for the day after. Yeah. Yeah, we got some lav mics and uh, we'll get, we'll get a pop on. But that's all from the podcast this week. Uh, we will be back on recording Sunday night, maybe into Monday. No, we won't because you're going to be gallivanting around. We could do, well, we could do Sunday, but it's going to be loud. It's going to be, but we could do a live call in on Sunday. Yeah. Um, or, it's going to be on the Monday, and I'll bring back some sound clips. Right. It's a date. So from myself, at NFL on Twitter, from the group, at UK Packers, and from me, old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock, it's goodbye till Monday. Bye.